2022. Hey there, Swifties. Welcome to Nick and Dan, where we recap Taylor's new version of Red. Dude, oh, what a great oops. album. No, nope, oh. we're talking oh. football. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Duh. All right. Obviously. Two like Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, okay. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. I think Taylor Swift's fucking amazing. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. You could have just stopped without the awesome piece, too. <laughs> <laughs> Full pause at that point. Yeah. Dan, how are you doing this week? It's a good week, man. I got another short work week. We're, we're recording on a Tuesday night because I'm going down to visit my mother. Uh, I'm going on a food cation again. Ooh. So, uh, yep, living the dream. We're going to this place called Fat Dan's. It's, I was uh, just going to say, are you going to be hitting up Fat Dan's? Fat Dan's is epic. If you're ever in the Bloomington, Indiana area, um, yes, it's it's the greatest Chicago-based piece that was down there. Last time I had smoked meatloaf, I've had their smoked wings. It's it's the greatest place in the entire world. Have you thought about franchising it and bringing it back to Milwaukee? <sighs> I don't know if I want to call it it Fat Dan's just for the steam purpose. (laughs) Things like that, maybe Drunk Dan's, like (laughs) Tito Dan's. Tito, yeah, Tito, Tito Dan's with it. You know, order what you want, eat what the fuck you get. (laughs) I like that. But yeah, man, no, it's good. How's how's life with you? Life's been good. I mean, this I'm kind of still recovering from this last week of football. Um, It came down. We had some close finishes. We had some tight. Um, games coming down to Monday night, and they had some impact, I think, on the playoff, you know, or playoff standings and how things are going to play play out, uh, you know, in a few weeks. We saw some big matchups decided that eh, some teams are in some tough spots now. Yep. I mean, looking just at the Avengers division, two teams at 12 and 8 now and a team at 10 and 10. Jerry jumps two spots and puts himself into the playoff picture, which Mm -hmm. obviously that moves a team out of the playoff picture. Um, But I this is going to be a burner of the last four weeks here, especially with some some easy matchups and some matchups that, oh, man, you wish you didn't have a bye that week. Yeah, no, we're going to go in-depth on the Avengers division. We're, yeah, and all, like, some of the stuff that comes with it and how teams are looking. Um, of course, we're going to do matchups as a whole and talk about the two that look like they count this week. Yeah. And then... Yep. We're, we have got one trade this week. Nothing, not a big one, not a blockbuster, but one that we got to get through. So if you, unless you have any objections, Dan, I say we jump into it. Let's jump. All right. One trade this week, and it involved Steve and Stefan. Uh, Steve sent Mr. Hey Arnold, Dan Arnold, and Stefan sent a 2023 third round draft pick that is Jairs and Mr. Eric Ebron. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is an upgrade in depth for for Stefan. I'm I'm okay with getting rid of a two year older Ebron and a, a third round pick in the 23 draft. Granted, I we need to continue to remember that our third round picks carry a little bit more value with it. So I don't want to shell it as just not pieces that you really want to get. But Dan Arnold has been such a amazing piece that that the Jacksonville Jaguars have added scoring double digits the last three weeks. Whereas Eric Ebron in the last three weeks has amassed 4.3 points total. And that was everything in last week. It's he's at one double digit week. It's, I don't know if this is just a big Ben enigma for Ebron that big Ben doesn't like his tight ends as much as a rookie QB. Um, Well, I mean, I think you're forgetting the, the moose in the room. The mute is loose. The mute is loose, and it's amazing. Yeah, so it. I think I think Ebron's just straight up replaced by Freer Muth. Yeah, and I I agree, and that's one of those pieces where, unless Ebron ends up somewhere else, Pat's got that job. And yeah. for Stefan, I think this is an easy no brainer, big W on the wall. Yeah, and I mean one thing that you said that I just either want to clarify or like maybe it's bold. I don't know. You said like it was kind of a depth upgrade for um, stuff. And I think it's just a straight up starter upgrade. Like at this point, I know he's got Higby and Higby's been okay, but Dan Arnold has clearly been featured in this Jacksonville offense at this point, since being traded over to them, they with, you know, Chark being injured, not really having a lot of talent to begin with. Like, I think he's going to be a featured player for the rest of the season for them. So I think this is an upgrade for Stefan's starting lineup. And the fact that it only cost him a future third, it, it yes, thirds are a little bit more valuable in our league. Like, this is 
a steal. I was surprised no one else really jumped on him. So so let's take a look at this then. So he's got yeah. Zach Ertz, who mm-hmm. is obviously newly acquired in, into there, with it Zach Ertz coming into um, this week. And sorry, my scroll wheel fucked up with me. Mm-hmm. TE12. With it, obviously, we have Tyler Higby, who's on by this week, TE10. And then Dan Arnold is TE19. Yep. With it. So, so respectively, seven and nine spots behind the two guys that he already has. Mm-hmm. What what makes you so line up for when it matters playoff time at Tennessee home against Houston, or I'm sorry. Yeah. At Tennessee home against Houston at the jets, pretty juicy on the back end there with Houston and the jets, right? Yeah, for sure. Is, is this a, is this a Wisconsin based playoff push because of that, because of those juicy matchups in, in those weeks? That Wisconsin, what now? He went to, he went to Wisconsin Platteville. Ah, interesting. The more you Stephens know, it's a homer for a lot of Wisconsin things. Ah, oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for the playoff push, I mean, I know you can you threw out like kind of their season results, but um, Arnold was initially on the Panthers to start this year and got a little bit of run, but just you know, they have a lot of pass catchers as is. They traded him to Jacksonville, and he's been producing really since going over there. Um, so I think it's more. I'm just betting on him to. You know, don't look at the whole season. Look at kind of where he where he's come from since coming over to Jacksonville. And that's where my um, my thought process is. I'm preferring him over um, both Ertz and um, even Higby at this point. I mean, I think it's close. I don't think like he's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say he's like an elite top five guy the rest of the season. But I think he's for me, I would take him over those other two options. And I think he's right around a top 12 play the rest of the season. So, so on the flip side, there obviously Pat's the guy now in Pittsburgh. So, what what does Eric Ebron's future look like? Uh, I mean, it's, if, if anything, yeah. I mean, I think he's at this point like he, he's gonna. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily droppable, but I think he's gonna because in a tight end premium league, like we what we roster more tight ends than we do what you would normally see in a regular league. I mean, I think unfortunately like his only path to relevance is either going to be, um, you know, maybe he could sign like a Jared cook, like one year prove it deal to like some team that has like a wide open situation. But I think in reality, it's going to be him needing a situation where, you know, you hate to say it, but someone gets injured and then he can kind of step up and shine. Um, so I don't think he's, I think his days of being like a top tight end um, are clearly gone. And I think wherever he does end up, and I think he will end up on some team next year, it's not going to be like a situation where you're super excited about. You might be excited by it by week 13 when, you know, Tyler Higby's injured or someone gets injured and he steps up. But for now, no, he's depth and you hope that, or you don't hope, but you wait to see if something happens that changes the situation. I agree. I agree. He he needs a new landing spot and an opportunity to show that he was the guy that came out of Indianapolis that was, you know, destined to be the guy in Pittsburgh, you know, last year. And then just, you know, you hope you hope for the best. You don't like to see people's career go out that way, especially for a young, talented kid like this. But writing's on the wall, I think. Is Ebron young at this point? 28. Okay, he's, yeah, he's younger than us. Uh, Dan Arnold's twenty six. Well, know, yeah, I mean that's two, he's a young whippersnapper by NFL terms. Two years, all right. Yeah, I know it's once you hit twenty eight, twenty nine, your career is basically dog shit. Unlike well, any, I mean, also Ebron was one of those guys that like came into the league when he was twenty, so he's yeah. like an eight year vet. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, that's just that just always makes him seem older than he is. Yeah, Arnold twenty six came into the league at twenty two. So yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Anything else in this trade or random musings before we move on? Nope. I'm I'm good. I was talking about enough about guys that don't really have relevancy other than maybe Dan Arnold. All right. Let's talk about the Avengers and playoffs and how things kind of set. Um, just a quick rundown on the standings. Right now, Zane is in first place and would have a bye if the season ended today. He's 16 and four on the year. Uh, at second place, you have my team. I'm 14 and six right now. For third place, we've got a tie. Two teams at 12 and 8. For uh, Jerry right now has the edge due to points. He's up about 120 points on Armand's team. And Armand is at 4. And then in the fifth spot is Sam's team at 10 and 10. 
Um, right now we've got four games left, so that means there's a total of eight points um, to be had. Um, and, you know, just because of like those small amount of games, like there's very limited opportunities for teams to make up grounds, you know, with two points separating, you know, myself, Zane, Jerry and Armand to me and Sam to Jerry and Armand. Like if I go eight, no, that means that Jerry, Armand, assuming they're behind me in points and they are, they have to make up, they have to go seven and one to catch yep. me or six and two and make up the points. So, I mean, that's a pretty steep situation. Obviously, I'm not going to go eight, no. But even if I go five and three, that means that they would need to go, um, you know, seven and one or, yeah, yeah, seven and one to like catch up and make up and make up the points on me. So, I mean, it's just right now a situation where you, you start to do the math and you start to look at the standings and you're running out of games and room to kind of catch on teams. It can definitely be done because we still got some tough matchups for all the teams, but time is running out for, you know, Sam right now is on the outside looking in. Jerry and Amon are tied. They're going to have a big game later this season. But I don't, Dan, what are your thoughts just sitting on the outside of everything? And, you know, you don't really have a dog in this. You're not contending. You're kind of already, or you've been looking forward to the future since week one. Um, how are things from sit, sitting from your side? Yeah, I think the interesting piece is the fact that I have scored about 57 points left that less than Armand this this year in a rebuilding phase is an interesting piece. And I think the first thing we do need to look at is obviously record because that's what's going to put you in. And we've got these two 12 yep. and 8 teams and a team that's 10 and 10 flag behind them. Yep. Okay. The team that's behind them is 70-ish points ahead of both of those guys in scoring. So for this, for Sam, you're thinking, all right, I just need to catch a break. I need, you know, the two big guns in the league to take care of the pieces here and the weeks that they're playing those guys, I need to win my matchups. That's that's how you get that record-based piece. But for Sam, this is also coming down to, I need to set the most ideal lineup in the entire world so that I can win my games. Mm -hmm. And the same can be said for, for Jerry and Armand. The team to me that's on the outside looking in is Armand. You know, yeah. you know, you're chasing hard points. So a tie is the worst thing in the world that you need. So you need to win your matchups and be in the top six in points each right. week. And that's a real tough spot to be in. So Jerry sees himself in the driver's seat a little bit. For sure. Pretending that, you know, his roster decisions are good. You know, he takes care of any pieces that, that by week hell could potentially come playing up. And you hope that Sam takes his place against the top two guys and you have a decent showing or you at least put up top six points in those ones to maintain your lead. There's a lot of moving factors as we begin to look at this. And for these three teams in the middle, it's, it's going to be a bit of a shit show here. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at it for Jerry right now, right now, like you said, he's in the playoffs at the season end today. And because or the reason he's in the playoffs right now is because he has a 120 point lead on Armand. Now, Armand's going to get Saquon Barkley back, which is going to help. But Armand's got like a uphill battle to make up like the 120 points in four weeks. So from Jerry's side of things, you kind of control your own destiny. You just need to win. You need to finish like in the top six. Like if you go five and three over these eight points, like you're probably making the playoffs. Yep. It's very difficult to imagine a scenario where you don't um, in that situation. Um, so that's, you know, that's great for Jerry, but like, you're absolutely right for Armand. Armand's got to not just, like, obviously he needs the points, but like Armand doesn't have wiggle room because he won't have the tiebreaker or it's going to be very difficult to imagine him getting the tiebreaker at this point. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of it's going to come down to, matchups that you have in that specific week and players you have on by that are going to hinder your team's ability to put best, put forth the best lineup that you could see in the playoff picture. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we kind of went through a little bit ahead of things and looked at, you know, we've got four more weeks to go. So we looked at kind of each week and who's maybe down a key player that could potentially make things difficult. So right off the bat, when we look at week 11, there's only two big players that are out for these. I will include my team in it. Um, Zane, we're kind of excluding because he's, it's difficult to imagine Zane missing the playoffs at this point. He's got up four games. He's got the lead in points. 
unless Zane goes like one and seven, yeah. two and six, like he's not missing the playoffs. So he's excluded. But when yep. we look at my team, Jerry's team, Armand's team, and Sam's team, we looked at kind of all the rosters and who's done what for each week. So week 11, Jerry's done Daryl Henderson. He's obviously done Robert Woods. We didn't talk about him, but he's out the season with the ACL tear. Um, that is, you know, unfortunate, very yep, sad. Heartbreaking. Um, yeah, and I mean that that's a, that stings for Jerry because Woods, after starting the season slow, has really come on of late. Um, so he's gonna have to deal with him gone for the rest of the year. Um, and Armand is also down Cortland Sutton. Um, Sutton kind of been a tale of two years for him before Judy and after Judy because when since Judy's come back, Sutton hasn't been amazing. Um, but regardless, he's down this week uh, from the bye. Um, and also, it's worth noting who gets Nick Ruth for each week. And in week 11, Sam gets Nick Ruth. So that's a good situation to be in. Correct. So for week 11, I mean, the biggest one is obviously Jerry down Henderson. Yeah. Um, and he's going up against me. But Jerry's, you know, he's still got some viable options. I mean, Leonard Fournette and James Robinson are a great one-two punch at the running back position still to have. So Jerry's definitely not, you know, in dire straits. But you, you would have liked to have Henderson this week, I'm sure. Oh, you 100% would like to have Henderson this week, especially from a flex play position and everything there. There's, yes, I, I agree. Leonard Fournette has looked good for taking over the backfield. James Robinson has looked good doing what it is. But, you know, when we look at those pieces, Mike Davis is not a viable option to go through here. And I mean, Daryl Henderson's RB12 in the PPR format with it. Fournette's 13 and then... Robinson is 14. So he's got three guys right in a row here, 12, 13, 14. And it'd be nice to have all three of them, but obviously the buys happen, things, things go there and you're out the top tier of the three guys that you have. And that's never fun. All right. And when we move on to week 12 um, and we look at some teams, um, I'm, you know, for week 12, I'm down James Connor and Kyler Murray, um, which isn't great. Um, Connor looks like he's in line for, a lot RB of production. 11. Yeah, RB a 11. lot of production with Edmonds out. And so Kyler fun Murray. fact, just because just I'm be this guy, you realize you just listed 11, 12, 13, and 14 in the RB depth chart right there? <laughs> how about that? Just my the, how my mind works, but please uh, proceed. You'd love to see it. But yeah, so I mean, I'm down the Cardinals. I mean, Kyler Murray and James Conner, I mean, that stinks. Um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll have probably, I think, Tyrod that week, potentially. So I'll still be at two quarterbacks. But... Um, not a great situation going up against Sam that week. Um, and for Zane, Zane's actually down two doozies. He's down DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree Kill. So for Jerry, that's a bit of a fortuitous matchup that he might have uh, with Zane in week 12. And Armand gets the lucky um, matchup going up against Nick Ruth that week. Yeah, so, I mean, the Tyree Kill piece to me is the one that sucks. You wide receiver two. Yeah. And then you're down a tamed deandre hopkins a couple mm-hmm. injury pieces hamstrings suck with it but that's like i mean those are two guys that that if you started preseason you'd be like yep these are two of the top five wide receivers in the entire league for sure you, lose, you losing kyler murray kind of sucks and you can't feel good going and be like oh like i've got a ha- good thing i have Terod taylor to start to oh season. yeah yeah that's a that's a little rough there and, and you're right what we've seen out of james Conner this year in part to this air raid on my end you know air quotes arizona <laughs> offense he's yep. really come through with this For and sure. it hasn't really been in the passing game he's done a lot of dirty work getting in the end zone multiple one two three yep. four two touchdown games he's found the end zone in all but three games so far this year like this is these are huge numbers for him for sure all right and when we move on to week 13 then um zane it will make, we didn't say we would mention Zane, but Zane's only going to have one quarterback that week, which is yeah. an interesting situation. He'll just have Lamar uh, taken on me. So that's, you know, always something to note. Um, Sam is down some big ones. He's down Christian McCaffrey and A.J. Dillon taking on Sam that week or taking on, excuse me, Armand that week. Um, that could be definitely something to to watch. Um, but Sam's been used to not having Christian McCaffrey this year, so maybe <laughs> he'll be okay. Um, and Jerry gets lucky this week taking on Nick Ruth. So, or that week, which is week 13. So 
that's always a welcome sight. You, at these last few weeks, you're just going to love seeing Nick Ruth on your schedule. Yeah. I, you can't afford to choke those games. The crazy part is, so how many teams are there in the NFL? 32. Okay. Baker Mayfield's QB 36 overall. Or I'm sorry, QB 23. He's 36th overall. But QB 23 out of yeah. Baker Mayfield. That's like, I understand you're down two QBs, but at that point in time, is Baker Mayfield even a viable option with some of the depth that you have on your offense to start? New England, 3.92 points. He had 73 total yards. And the only yeah. reason he finished at 3.92 points is because he threw a touchdown. That, that, that's the scary part with this. And, you no. know, for Sam McCaffrey coming back has been huge. And the A.J. Dillon piece is going to be interesting. So this is going to be week three where we're thinking that, or at least the reports have come out that said, hey, so it's two to four weeks now for, for what we're forecasting for a sprained MCL. Yep. Is this going to be the situation where does this even matter at that point in time? And how quickly Aaron Jones can heal and what he can do with that knee. I mean, where, so where do you sit on this AJ Dillon train with the Aaron Jones injury and how impactful he's going to be able to be in this offense? I think he's going to be great. I mean, as long as, you know, or, um, Aaron Jones is out, I think you can really set AJ Dillon as a top 12 play. Um, you know, we kind of saw it against the Seahawks in the second half. He was heavily featured. I mean, he was the knock on him has always been, oh, he can't catch. He's not going to be involved in the passing game. And of course, he's not going to be Aaron Jones. But like Aaron throws him the ball and he looks mighty fine catching it and running after the catch. So I don't know. I think Dylan will be I don't want to say a stud, but I think he's going to be a very s- strong play. Um, and if you have him, whether it's this league or in any redraft leagues, I mean, I think Aaron or AJ Dillon is going to be a fantastic play um, for however long Aaron Jones is out. Six targets in the last two weeks, six receptions, 106 yards. That's not too shabby in my world for a guy that shouldn't be able to catch the ball. Right. I mean, he, at the end of the day, he's not like a net zero. He's not yep. like Elijah Mitchell, who's he's going to get like no passing game. Like he is a guy that's they're comfortable giving him some work in the past game. And that's all you can ask for. Not everyone's going to be like a Christian McCaffrey and get force fed like, or Alvin Kamara and get like 10 targets in the game. But if you can get like two or three catches every game, like when you add it all up, that's going to be like an extra three to four points every week. And that just raises your floor that much. So for AJ Dillon, I think he's going to be a very strong option. How do you feel about him? I I agree. I think we're going to see. So he's got a, a good matchup against Minnesota. He's got a tough sledded much matchup against the Rams. They buy now in week th- in week 13, three weeks into the to the Jones injury. Week 14, they come back at home against Chicago. Do you think by week 14 he's still starting or is Aaron Jones back? I think honestly, it really just depends how the team's looking. Because at the end of the day, Green Bay's in very much control. Yeah. I think they're gonna want to get ideally like the you know, the first overall seed so they can get the buy in the playoffs. But like, depending on how that looks, like if they're in line for the buy, why would you rush back Aaron Jones? Like you're playing for a Super Bowl. Like the goal isn't to, you know, score like the most points in the regular season. Like this, you know, they, the season started with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, like talking about like the last dance. Like, I think it's probably very clear to everyone in this locker room that this might be the last shot for this team to go for it. So if I'm the Packers, the coaching staff, the front office, do not rush Aaron Jones back. As long as like the season's in hand, and I can't imagine it won't be in the next two to three, four weeks, I would not rush him back. I think you're right. I think that gives A.J. Dillon massive field time for Mm -hmm. Sam. And, And Chicago in 14, we move into the playoffs. Baltimore in week 15, tough sled. But Cleveland in 16 and Minnesota in 17 are, if you can get yourself in and you can survive the week 15, week one of the playoffs. Yeah. For AJ Dillon, you, you, it might be there. It, it might be there. You might see a smattering of, of Aaron Jones, but you're right. If, if you're in contention and you want your number one horse ready to go for the playoffs, you might see a mi- minimal pieces on the field. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the smart play. And, you know, we, we'll see that with a lot of teams. Like, as the end of the season comes near because it's 
they care about the playoffs. So we're going to see some of these guys that are maybe banged up sitting out, or maybe we see like, oh, you know, uh, Delvin Cook is questionable and, oh, he's going to start. And then he plays like 10 snaps all game. Like yep. we're going to see play, situations plays one like or two this. series and that's it. Alexander exactly, Madison yeah. time now. Yep. So it's going to be a frustrating situation just as the playoffs are near for these teams that are contending. But um, yeah, in the meantime, AJ Dillon stud as long as Aaron Jones is out. And I think you bring up a good point too. It's we don't know what the forecast here with the extra week in the regular season. Is this, is this the point where we're watching Aaron Rodgers play the first half just to continue to keep himself fresh. And now Aaron Rodgers, Hey man, we're good. We don't care if we win or lose this game, especially if we're not going to get one of the, one of the buys. Yeah. So right now when we look at buys, um, you know, there's three teams in the NFC that have two losses. Uh, Dallas right now is seven and two. Green Bay is eight and two, and Arizona is eight and two as well. Um, a few teams: Tampa Bay's six and three, and LA Rams are seven and three, nipping at their heels. So no one's running away with it. Like this is a weird NFL season, season because n- normally we still see like maybe an undefeated team or a team with one loss, but everyone has two or more losses. So it's still very close, and anyone can necess- or anyone can potentially land um the buy um because of the new playoff format only one team gets a buy this year in each division so or in each conference so that's you know something to monitor so depending on how green bay's you know shaking out um maybe they rush them back maybe they don't who knows um but you're right the week 17 thing kind of complicates or complicates things for fantasy um you know we'll, we'll see how it all plays out and just for fun, of the three teams you listed that have two losses, if you got, if you had to take ten thousand dollars of the money out of Isaac's college fund right now, <laughs> and and bet it on one of those three teams getting the buy, who would you put your money on? Um, I is is it crazy that I want to say Dallas just because I think they play in the worst division, I, I and which is saying a lot because bet. I think the De- Detroit Lions are in the NFC North. But I guess I just don't respect Philly, Washington, and Giants compared to the Vikings and uh, Bears. I it's it's hard to argue, especially because I mean, so the interesting pieces: so Kansas City coming up, Arizona in Week 17. But you're right; everything else other than the Saints is in division, and it's twice against Washington, once against the Giants, once against Philly. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're hard not to pick the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, if I was a betting man, it's definitely going to be Dallas or Green Bay that I think gets the buy. I can't see it coming from the NFC West just because of how strong that division is. Yeah. Um, and if a team does, well, uh, they're probably the Super Bowl favorites. Especially after we watched the favored Rams team and MVP candidate Matthew Stafford get butt-fucked by San Francisco. Yes, sir. All right, let's go back to the Week 14. Uh, let's the season finale of our season. Um, it's worth noting, you know, Zane will be in the playoffs, but for week 14, he'll be down Jonathan Taylor and Dallas Goddard uh, going up against Sam that week. Uh, Jer will be down Jalen Hurts and Jalen Waddell. That'll be a big one because he's going yeah. up against Armand right now. They're, I mean, Jerry has the advantage because of the tiebreaker, but that could be for all the marbles that match up. So something to monitor on the flip side, Armand would be down Tua and Mike Gesicki in that situation. Um, and I, week 14, get the lucky um, straw of drawing Nick Ruth. So something to monitor, you know, as we look at the schedule and how things play out and who's going to be impacted. Um, it's, I don't know, it's it's going to be interesting. The trade deadline is obviously end of week 13. So I'm sure we're going to see several more deals uh, go down in the next few weeks. Um, and when you look at the fab situation, Armand's got $55, Zane has 40, Jerry has 37, Sam's got $1 left, and I have $0. So that'll be interesting too if we see, you know, someone sign a random running back uh, off the streets um, and them come in and just light the world on fire like we've, seems like we see every other year. Um, so, I don't know. Anything else or worth talking about as we think about the Avengers and playoffs? I So I, th- I think the Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Hurts piece are the most scary to have. And understand yeah. by that time, Zane should be locked up. We're not really talking anything more than Jonathan Taylor and moving into his matchups in 
in the playoffs and what we see this, but it's scary to think that three of these guys coming off of the Miami dolphins are going to impact this week. <laughs> yeah. like, like that's, that's the absolute scary shit in the world that we we have to look at the Miami dolphins game and be fearful of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it, it's, it's sure. there, but yeah, I, it's, I mean, Waddle's been decently spectacular for a Why rookie. Yeah. 24? I think he's, yeah. Yeah, for a rookie, I think he's been, you know, good to great. I mean, he's obviously, I think he's just been overshadowed by Jamar Chase and maybe even Devontae Smith. Um, But he's still, I think, you know, I think you have to feel great about what you've seen out of him as a rookie. Yeah, and I think the interesting piece, too, is Armand not only has Tua, but he has Jacoby Brissett. So that has to be a Daniel Jones play. Daniel Jones is 100% coming in, and he draws the Chargers in a matchup. I mean, I don't know where you sit in where you view the Chargers and the bipolarness we've seen from the offense and the defense in that team, but yeah. it's 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 an it's an interesting play that if you're starting two QBs that week that you're playing him against the Chargers. And are you putting faith in that Giants offense to do what it needs to do to take you to the promised land, potentially in the playoffs? Well, Daniel Jones is kind of a lot like, you know, Jameis Winston. You kind of just you hope you get good Jameis this week. You don't want to get bad Jameis. Like Daniel Jones, you hope you get good Daniel Jones because it doesn't matter who he's playing, he's fully capable of going for over 30 points, and he's also capable of going for a point against the worst team. Like his, the range of outcomes with him is just so wide. So um, I think you got to start him, and you just you, yep. you close your eyes and pray. <laughs> okay, so I'm just, just going to be this guy. So yeah. playoff series, Armand gets in. Week yeah. 15, Daniel Jones is at home against Dallas. Tua's at home against the Jets. Where do you start? Can you say that once more for me? I'm sorry. Dan- Daniel Jones home against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Tua at home against the Jets. Which which is the play? Um, I mean, if it's me, I'm going with Tua just because I think he's the better quarterback. Um. So, okay, I, but I think, I mean, without looking at the entire matchups, I think the the short answer of that is I think Tua gives you a higher floor and he's the better quarterback and I feel a little more safer with him. So I would probably lean there. But on the flip side, if like, I mean, whoever he would be playing in that week 15 matchup, you know, how does like that look? Is it like a David versus Goliath? Like, does he need a miracle? Because if you need a miracle, Daniel Jones, like, will have like the more upside and you maybe swing for the fences and hope you get good Danny Dimes. But if you're if it's like a 50 50 matchup and I think, you know, it could go either way, but you want to be just maybe a little more conservative. Go with Tua. Does, does that make sense? It it does. And I think the issue, interesting piece is so. Tua injured in week two, missed weeks three, four, and five, and week yeah. nine. So he's played four and a half less games than Daniel Jones has. Mm-hmm. Tua's QB 29, Daniel Jones is 19. That to yeah. me is a very scary piece for Daniel Jones and what the positive upside be can be for Tua. Because, yeah, I, it, it's an interesting – it's the enigma right now that is on Armand's roster in – which mediocre half-ass quarterback do I start to hope to hell helps me? And, you know, but he's got to put himself in that position first right? before we start getting there. And having a couple of those pieces injured going into that week, or not injured, but on bye in that week 14, could seal the deal. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you got to get to the playoffs. That's the biggest thing right now. And the only one in this division that's feeling good about that is Zane. Everything else, I mean, even my team, it's there's still a lot of question marks, and all it takes is one week of going 0 and 2, and someone going 2 and 0, and this thing can be like turned upside down. So it'll be interesting to see how these matchups play out. We're going to talk about them shortly, but it's exciting. I mean, going into this year, I think we we thought that everything was you know signed with a or locked in with a pen. But it turns out it should have been a pencil because there's been a lot of erasing and changing and adjusting for at least the Avengers division. Uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of ebbs and flows along the weeks with some key upsets, mm-hmm. some spectacular play out of other teams, some players stepping up to levels that we didn't think we we're going to get to this at this 
either rapidly. I think Jalen Waddle is a good piece to this. Has had a very, very good rookie season mm-hmm. with it, and it's and it's. I think that's helped. You know, with Jerry moving on from AJ Brown, has put him in this position to say, "Hey, like, like I'm here and ready to compete." And you know, you can make a couple cases for same players on Armand's team and Sam's team, and even your team with with the fact that you didn't have a whole lot of draft picks, but you got key players to step up in key situations to carry you out of a week. Yeah, big time. And I mean, the end of the day, you can do everything right, but it's injuries are going to play a role. Someone's going to make a trade. Um, you know, the interesting thing, I mean, we've been talking about it all year, all year, you know, Jerry right now still just has the most draft ammo available. I don't know if there's a trade out there that it makes sense to use it on, but if there is, you know, Jerry still has several bullets in his chamber that he can fire. So that'll be very interesting to watch um, if for him or anyone, there's people are going to make deals. They always do. Yep. All right. Before we move on to matchups, I'm calling an audible after, Ooh. you know, you did it last week. So yep. I want to return the favor. We have to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. And just the, the funniness of Kevin and Zane's trade, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson are teammates. So let's, for starters, talk about just that. Like, (laughs) I mean, Kevin has to, like, feel just awful after that deal, right? Like, is there any scenarios where Kevin feels, like, better about them? No, no, no. I can't even. Sorry, bud. Can't even. Like, I've I've hyped your train the entire time. There's no. And you don't even like Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not. We talked about you were out on him. But, like, you, I mean, in this situation, like. I think he he has to be more valuable than Van Jefferson. Oh, 100%. The question is, is, is it going to be utilized that way? Yeah. You know, San Francisco, three targets, two receptions, 18 yards. You're going, okay, that's a cool Van Jefferson stat line. Uh, sorry, that's not the case. Well, they that signed was, him like 50 I, hours before. I, which, I mean, I get it. But, I mean, there's no way that you can be up professional NFL wide receiver and not go through and have a quarterback tell you in the huddle, I need you to run a 25 yard post and you as a professional athlete go through and go, okay, cool. I can do that. Like, I I guess I I value the, the simplicity that is route running, but the Mm -hmm. dedication it takes to be good at it. I think that's, I think it's a very gifted trait if that makes sense, like there's, there's certain guys that can run routes. Cooper cup can run routes. You know, it, it, there's guys that can just do that. And I think Odell Beckham so, Jr. has a talent to be a good route runner. And if you can just tell him what to run, he should yeah. be able to go out there and fucking do it without any issues. But we have to set up special plays and maybe he'll return kicks in the first week that we have him. Our off our re- offense is really that different. So uh, is this an argument for or against Odell Beckham Jr.? Against Odell Beckham Jr. I don't understand how he didn't have a bigger impact, regardless of how long he was on the team, coming into that week. Mm, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's necessarily learning and knowing the routes. Like, I, I think Odell knows the routes. I think it's the timing, you know, getting used to a quarterback and their tendencies and getting that figured out. I don't think that can just happen with, like, one practice, which – that's all he probably had is like that Saturday of practice. I mean, it's like, when you can signed. make the argument that that Stafford throws a deep ball to or a deep bomb to Odell in the end zone that in the first quarter that gets picked off. Okay, I, I, okay, I give you a little bit of pieces to it, but I, I don't know, man. I'm not a big Beckham believer with it. I'm, I'm gonna go against it. I. But just to confirm, you would much rather have Beckham over Van Jefferson at this point or no? Yes. For, for that piece, I'll take Beckham over Van Jefferson literally because of experience and that he's been there mm-hmm. with it. Do I think Robert Woods was 100% better than Odell Beckham Jr.? 100%. Are you like, I'm, I'm on the downside of Odell Beckham Jr.'s career. I think, so I think he has one or two years of fantasy relevancy and he's done. I must be like just, you know, watching too much Odell Beckham Jr. highlights, but I don't, I think at the worst case scenario, who's a, he, he can be, he's the potential to be what Robert Woods was. Like Woods is a good wide receiver, but I think he's just a good wide receiver that's propped up by the situation that he's in. I think there's 30 wide receivers in the NFL that could like produce 
in Robert Woods' situation. Robert Woods is just fortunate enough to be in the situation and do the job well enough. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. is one of those 30 wide receivers that could step in and do the job just like Odell or just like Robert Woods. Now, I think the biggest question is, can he get comfortable with Stafford and, you know, figure that out in time to like gel and mesh? That's the million dollar question. And that I don't know. Um, I hope he can, because I think it'll be fun to see. But um, I'm I'm obviously more optimistic with Odell than you are. Okay, Okay, so so I mean, Beckham Jr. and Robert Woods on the Rams for the exact same amount of time. Who would you have more faith in producing, Woods or Beckham? So, like, are we talking like if if they both like started full the season, season, full off season, exact same scenarios, Woods versus Beckham? Who do you think is the better wide receiver? Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I'm Robert Woods. I mean, I don't think Robert Woods is a slouch. Oh, and I don't think Beckham Jr. is a slouch either. I just think I like, think Beckham Jr. is on the further end of his career than Robert Woods is. Like, what do you have? Or I guess when you say something like that, like, what is like supporting that? Like he Baker Mayfield, we were just like lampooning for being awful. That's who he's been playing with for the last three years. For before that, he was playing with like the corpse of Eli Manning. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Like, going into I think Daniel Jones with that, but well, yeah, but I, I, just, I think it's just you know, with it's wide receivers are just super funny because, and I'm not like picking on you when I say this, but I feel like people just get out on wide receivers when in reality they should be out on the quarterbacks. Like let's like, look at Stefan Diggs like last year and in uh, Minnesota, it's like, Oh, Stefan Diggs is bust. Stefan Diggs is awful. Like get him off the Vikings. He goes to Josh Allen and he's like, perfect. He's like been like everything that you want. And then some from a top wide receiver. So I think it's just the situations for wide receivers are just much more dependent on quarterbacks. than I think we want to admit there's very few wide receivers that I think are just, you know, 100% no-brainer, amazing in any situations. I I, I would agree. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're never going to see, at least in my eyes, a wide receiver ever win MVP. <laughs> You're sure on this one now? But because because I, I think Cooper Cup legit has a chance to be an MVP, but he's uh-huh. forever going to be overshadowed with the fact that Matthew Stafford's throwing him the ball X amount of times. He's yeah. catching it and he's making plays. And the reason that Matthew Stafford's getting MVP votes is because the yardage she's getting out of, you know, Cooper Cup is just there. With this might be the most unfair position to judge outside of maybe being on the defensive side of the ball to win MVP. You, I mean, you could you could give it to a lineman at this point in time. I think is is an easier play than giving it to a wide receiver. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I think you are right. Like the, it's. At the end of the day, it's a quarterback league. Like quarterbacks are the driving force. And like that kind of goes back to, you know, what I was saying with Odell. Like quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks like make the are the, you know, the straw that stirs the drink. Like if they don't, if they don't do that, like everything else is really difficult to operate. Now you are right. Like there are some wide receivers. Like I think, you know, Debo Samuel is another one. Like we're seeing like this year, he's healthy, he's succeeding and producing for the Niners and he's making you know, Jimmy or Jimmy Garoppolo, like look okay as a quarterback. Um, but he's, you know, doing all this on quick routes and he's getting a lot of yak and Cooper cups doing kind of the same thing. So I think you are right with that, um, you know, point, um, you know, wide receivers. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there's a scenario where they can get MVP. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting piece. And I, and, and you're right. I might be hitting a, Odell a little bit too hard on his quarterback situation and things like that. But I mean, Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs, you introduced Justin Jefferson and you watch Stefan Diggs take a step back. Or, I'm yeah. Sorry, you know, I, you introduced Adam Thielen. Sorry, I'm a couple years ahead of myself. Anytime you bring another guy that can hold his own on that offense, you're going to see a downtick in what it is. You know, Jarvis Landry steps into the Cleveland situation and all of a sudden he's the guy that's getting more targets because he's running different kind of routes. Right. Guys that are running slot routes, Devontae Adams is a great example. Him in the slot is unbelievably good. Yeah. It it really is. And it's as a Bears fan, it's infuriating to understand that we can't figure that shit out with it. And I it's just I think how the offenses utilize these wide receivers is truly what makes them impactful. 
Exactly. And if you have an offense that doesn't understand where you're going to be successful at and how you can maximize the specific set of skills, you can be six five, six six. Larry Fitzgerald was a was a hell of a slot receiver once they put him in the slot. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And when you said like, you know, it depends on like the scheme and how the offense utilizes them, like that goes just back to my you know, the argument that kind of started all this is like Robert Woods, like Robert Woods, I think it's a fine wide receiver, but he's just, you know, fortunate to be in this Rams offense, you know, with Sean McVay and how he uses, you know, Cooper Cup to his advantage, along with Robert Woods, like he benefits because of that. But I don't think Robert Woods is, you know, in the realm of Cooper Cup. Um, I think he's replaceable. And that's why, you know, I, I hope Odell Beckham Jr. gets up to speed. And I think you can see potentially um, after the injury them maybe get him comparable numbers to what we saw for Woods. Yeah, and I guess it'll be interesting. I There could be three weeks now I could be eating crow with it, but I don't know if I'm going to. Or it could be three weeks that Odell Beckham Jr.'s uncle is posting another video on YouTube. <laughs> How he's wide the fuck open. I <laughs> find you an uncle that is Odell Beckham Jr.-like. Or father, whoever you want, that's going to harp your, to your amazing set of skills that nobody else recognizes because they can't throw you the football. Hey, in fairness, two weeks after that video, he got Odell released. So uh, that's a W. Was that his uncle or his agent? I thought it was his dad. Uh, no, I, I'm just, I, it was a joke. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Okay, I got nothing. All right. At yeah. that point in time, that means Dan is at the point in time where he is not overserved, but we are is winding he? down on his ability to communicate in an appropriate fashion. Understood. Let's move on to matchups. We've got on paper for gimme matchups and yep. two less gimme matchups so we're just gonna roll through the gimme matchups because i don't really feel like talking too much longer so kevin versus chris um chris's team i think had 30 points through the first sunday <laughs> so um kevin's had a lot of injuries he, he might not even need to start a running back this week I, i'm still taking kevin uh, there's Kevin could start three players and absolutely beat the pants off of Chris. I'm pretty sure I mean, he put up 30 correct. points last week, 30. That's a league low. Like yeah, that is the epitome of, Hey man, I probably didn't actually set my lineup this week. Cause I started a couple guys on a buy with it. So we'll just let that kind of go, but it's hard to go through and figure out between, you know, Jeff Driscoll and drew Locke and Sam Ellinger, which one you want to start over Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's an easy so, pick. Yep. Yep, Kevin. All right. Uh Adam and Steve. Um, you know, Chris is like twenty like meters below the surface under some shit. And Steve is like two feet above Chris at this point. So he's a little bit better, but Steve's team just sucks. I mean, yep. Adam must be nice to get a win right now. Um, Adam is winning this week, right? Yeah, I almost got him last week, but it's that meme and everything where you see the guy digging underground and there's like seven feet of shit and then diamonds. Exactly, and then there's the yeah. guy that keeps digging and he's like six inches away. That's where we're at with 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 being shitty and shittier in my yes. mind. Yeah, this is this is I love you guys to death. This is an Adam piece for sure. All right. Um, Sam gets the lucky matchup in the Avengers division going up against Nick Ruth. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't even know if there's anything really to say for Nick. Um, might get Clyde, Clyde Edwards a layer back. Maybe that can make things interesting. Um, Sam's got some injuries potentially to worry about, but hard to imagine this one being close, right? It's a shame he, Nick wasn't able to move Boston Scott when he had relevancy. Yeah, absolutely irrelevant <laughs> with this. I And, I mean, you know, obviously you got Antonio Brown coming out, you know, Alvin Kamara coming off of a week. So we'll see. But I even – you can start those guys and it's still not going to fucking matter. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. You're taking on Stefan this week. And I mean, this one maybe could be a close one, depending on, you know, we'll see if Chubb returns. Um, you know, your team has been feisty. Like you said, you almost took down uh, Adam last week. Um, we'll see if Kamara's back. If not, maybe Ingram has another big game. Um, but without all those ifs, it's it's Stefan, right? hundred percent. There's there. Whenever you go, well, it could be this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy. And, and it's all on injury designation. Then you look at his bench and he's got guys that are scoring anywhere between eight to 12 points. It, you feel really good about what you're seeing with it. And I have talent that I've acquired that becomes feisty, which I think is 
an important piece for me to be positive in my rebuild with. But yeah, I absolutely get the pants beat off me this week. Yeah. You want to know who one person that isn't that Who's that, that I was run on and I thought he would be a little bit better this year? Jared Goff. Yeah, that's been kind of an ugly piece to it. But how about Mac Jones? Yeah, he definitely had a good he game. He looks like a professional quarterback. He's the best quarterback, I think, out of this entire rookie class right now. I mean, right now, sure. I, yeah. I, I don't think I would take him over all the quarterbacks right now, but he's okay. definitely been solid. Does he, he's just, does he crack your top three? No. Wow. Oh, all right. Fuck me then. Okay. Anyways. I mean, on. but like, it's, it's, it's not an indictment against him. I mean, oh, I know. Top five quarterbacks are still all awesome. I just, with Mac, um, great quarterback. I think he's going to be a better real life quarterback, but I were, or I wonder how much passing volume is he going to get? Because he's not going to have any, he's not going to, he's, gonna have no rushing value and you know it's oh, no. like he is he is tom brady 2.0 the right man is tom slower brady than 2.0 like last year passed for five thousand yards and like 40 touchdowns it was barely in the top 10 so yeah. like the bar for mac jones to be relevant with no rushing abilities is just such a high bar for him to cross and that's why you know i'm sure in the coming weeks we'll do a redraft of the 2021 rookie class and Mac Jones will definitely be in the first round, but I don't know if he'll be higher than fields. Yeah. I took him at eight. So it'll be interesting to see that, but he's QB 20 on the year for his rookie year. He's QB 20. Not too shabby for sure. I'm also signing Brandon Bolden this week. So you don't feel good. (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Off of our matchup. We're done. All right. We've got, these are the two matchups that I think have something to play for. And of course they're in the Avengers division. And the first matchup we're going to talk about is going to be Zane taking on Armand. Um, you know, nothing, neither team, this is necessarily a must win, especially Zane. But if you're Armand, like, just because you're so far behind in points, like, it's pretty close to a must win. Like, you don't want to give up games, um, you know, you really just can't afford to. Um, so, yeah, sorry, jump on in. No, I was going to say, so So the, the big piece for Armand right now is you need the 40-point DAC game and to jump on board with the rest of us and be the hugest Chicago Bears fan that you can be. Because Lamar Jackson, to me, is the focal point in this matchup. This this Lamar Jackson-Dak Prescott matchup into having Aaron Rodgers, I think is huge from a quarterback situation. We're not sure what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins. The, the hamstring still continues to linger. So you don't feel good about Zane having that. But on the flip side, the running back situation on Armand's team is kind of ugly. You have Zach Moss, but really? Barkley. I mean, Barkley. Uh, yeah, Barkley's going to be the, the – uh, but you're still starting uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, obviously we don't know if this is, lineup is fully set right now. Donovan uh, Peoples-Jones is an interesting play against Detroit just because Detroit's yeah. really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joku could also be interesting, but – but I, I think, think I just matchup the, Monday night, it comes down to Barkley. It 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 does, I think, I think is the interesting piece. But which Tyler Lockett we see, I think, is an also going to be an interesting piece. Is it going to be the Seattle offense? Correct. Yep. And there's, you know, when we look at Zane's bench and different pieces, Tony Pollard, you don't really feel comfortable with. Russell Gage is a Thursday night game that you don't want to start at all whatsoever with it. Braylon Edwards, interesting game last week, 17 points found himself in the end zone. Outside of that, it's, it's not a lot of good pieces. So for, no. I mean, this, I mean, the only if, thing, if the starters start, this is a close matchup. Yeah. I mean, the only thing for Zane um, Pollard, you know, Cowboys going up against the chiefs. That could be a high scoring game. Um, maybe just because of pure volume Pollard is a, an okay play. I don't know. Yeah. Know. There's, there's a lot of interesting pieces in this, but in I mean, this matchup, especially yeah. with injuries. I mean, no matter how you slice it, slice it, it's an uphill battle for Armand. Um, gonna need some some luck. I mean, you know, last week it was an ugly scoring game, and you know he managed to get a win. Can he do it two weeks in a row? Um, who are you taking in this one, Zane or Armand? This comes down to RB one Jonathan Taylor going into a Buffalo defense. That'll be interesting. I still think it's Zane, but it's inside of 10 points. I'm going to go with Zane as well. 
and I don't have a prediction on the points. I've I think too much Barstool Sports Advisors that I'm not going to start changing lineups and shit like that. It's just too much fun. I admire that commitment. Thanks, man. Barstool right. is life. I've realized that. I love Barstool. Maybe Barstool will be our, our next sponsor after Cheetos. You got to work on that account manager. I'll see what I can do. No promises, though. All right. Let's move on to the matchup of the week. And that's going to be my team taking on Jer. Um, you know, right now, the season ended. Jer's in the playoffs. Um, kind of controls his own destiny right now. Um, he is tied with Armand, so points could be made up. But Jer's sitting in a really good spot. Um, he is down Henderson, we talked about. My team should, knock on wood, be you know healthy. Um, we'll see if hopefully Kyler Murray's back. Hopefully Russell Wilson is relevant. Um, but it's on paper looking like a pretty good matchup between both of us. Yep, I love. I do love the fact that you both have decided to bench the Bears wide receivers against Baltimore. I just, <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I think that's a little a, risky. It, yeah. It's very risky. But I, for Jerry, I really like the Hunter Renfro play. I am, I'm a huge Hunter Renfro fan. With it, but you've got T. Higgins on the other side, and that's a a big piece to it. I think this comes down to some of the the depth plays. You getting Kyler Murray versus Tyrod Taylor is a huge uptick. Jerry starting Trevor Simeon. Now Simeon had a good week last week against Tennessee. Has a tougher matchup against Philly this week, and if we can see maybe Simeon break the 15, 16 point threshold maybe this is a game we Dalvin Cook and his whole craziness is still out there that exists but I think you've got just a couple too many favorable matchups on your side that make this less than ideal for Jerry yeah I mean it's it's tough I mean I think I think Jerry also has a few guys that I think are just due for some big games. I mean, I hate to use the word do, but I mean, I think Kyle Pitts has been a little quiet. I think DK Metcalf has been a little quiet. I think Fournette's been a little quiet. I mean, I think hell, even Jalen Hurts has been a little bit quiet. I mean, Hurts, he's been good this year, but he has three consecutive games under 18 points. So I think there's a lot of guys that, you know, maybe we see their teams rebound and then we see Hurts go for 30 points. Metcalf go for 25 points. You know, Pitts go for 18 points. Like, there's a lot of things that I think could happen. Um, and again, you know, these last four weeks, you know, it's must-win games, really, for everyone. You got to treat it as that. That's got to be your mindset. So I want to win this chair, wants to win it. It's, and I, it's going to be tough. I, th- I really think it's much closer than the, the spread indicates. I agree. And I think the fact that you said Jalen Hurts, 11 points in week eight, 16 points in week nine, 17 points in week 10, which have been three of the four lowest weeks that he's had. He's still QB four. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's good. I mean, but, I need a little crow with some of the pieces that I said earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Saints matchup is not a bad matchup with it. No. So you can score on the Saints. That's for sure. Yep. All right. I mean, any other thoughts or should we jump into predictions for no, this? No, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and take the pick. I'll let you pick whether I pick first or second because you're playing in the matchup. I'll go first. I'm, I mean, it, it's really not a reverse jinx. I just don't feel great about my team right now. I'm going with Jer in the upset. And see, I'll go the other way. I like a little bit more of the matchups on your end. I like the fact mm-hmm. that you have a couple more pieces in the Dallas um, Chiefs game. Yep. With that, Mark Andrews continues to show off big weeks i'm nervous about the chicago linebacking situation and i yeah. think kyler murray plays and that's the that's, that's might be the, the biggest piece to me is the is the is the backbreaker with it i think trevor simeon is not the matchup you want to have against a kyler murray and russell wilson lineup so here's sorry, the question bud. for you I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yep go ahead if zach wilson is playing against miami that's not a great defense could it's not should you should you start Wilson over Simeon, or can you yes. not trust trust Wilson until further notice? I I think you can. I think you in that matchup specifically, you trust yeah. Wilson. And do I still think that makes a difference? No. Yeah. Now, if you're telling me, hey, by the way, Zach Wilson's going to play, and Kyler Murray's not going to play, and Terod Taylor gets this Tennessee defense, yeah, maybe, yeah. But that's too many ifs, ands, or buts for me to for, for me not to feel confident saying, "Hey, I think you're gonna win." Yeah, because I think no, I, picked I, the, I picked the one different matchup last week correctly over you. 
You did. We went. We split on Sam vs. Jerry, and you got it right. I got it wrong. So right now we are back to being all squared. It's forty-one and thirteen for both of us. Um, it's it's been it's close. I mean, obviously um, now it's unfairness. There's a lot of these matchups are one sided and easy to pick. So we're really only competing with one to three matchups every week, but um, yeah, we might have to start having some tiebreakers or something. Cause I think we might be shaping up to another Sam Darnold off season prop to decide <laughs> the outcome. There'll be something that'll come up with us there. I'm, we probably already have something in the books that, my stupid ass bet on part of this earlier in the season that just nobody remembers. And those brave enough to go back into the podcast venue and increase our likes in that pod, because you want to <laughs> prove us wrong. We appreciate that, but we don't Always. get paid on your, on your, on your listens. We get paid on the absolute feedback we get from just one time until you're done listening. That says these guys are fucking morons. And on that note, I think we are all done here, Dan. I agree. It's always a good time. It is. This is the bread and butter of the season. Like, this is what you spent all summer preparing for, talking about trades. And with how shitty all the matchups have been all week, yeah. this has to be the highlight for some teams in finding relevancy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I'll say this because I'm part of it. Justice League, you will have your time coming up. It's not during the season. It's because you, you're fucking irrelevant other than, you know, Stefan, Kevin, and Adam squeaking by with things, but when we get into the playoffs, this is where the Justice League will have their shot at being the bee's knees for the Jack Black reference of the podcast. And on that note, we're all done here. Until next week.